0: my <laughs> Yeah, I, I used the, um, uh, the Louis II, which is um, the French Bible that commonly used in, um, by French speakers and particularly in Mauritius. And then when I was reading and I said, you know, which one would you? I've used the um, New American Standard Bible. Would that be okay? Uh, uh, would be okay? Um, because I find it kind of really close to uh, Louis II, to the French Bible. So um, let's read. And, and it's from Romans chapter 8. We um, read from verse 31 to 39. Thank you, Lord God. And if you are having problem with my accent, please raise your hand. I can. I can. Um, glory to God. So Romans 8, 31 to 39. Verse 39 to 30, uh, 31 to 39. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died. Yes, rather, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who, is, who also intercedes for us, who will separate us from the love of Christ. Will tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword, just as it is written, for your sake, we are being put to death all day long. We were considered as sheep to be slaughtered, but in all things, we overwhelmingly conquer through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, no angels, no principalities, no things present, no things to, to come, no powers, no height, No death, no any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for your words. We pray, Lord God, that you would guide us and you would lead us, Lord Jesus. We know that you are in our midst. We just praise you and give you glory for you are worthy. We just praise you and, and through our songs, Lord God, we just thank you, Lord God, for what you are doing, Lord God, in this place. But we just want to give you glory this morning and we want to give it all, Lord Jesus, because you've done all these things, Lord God, for us. Be lifted up, be glorified, Lord God, and be magnified. When I was preparing for this, you know, when Kevin asked me to come, and and I said, you know, the best way is to preach a sermon that, you know, I've done before. And I think it's easier because, you know, you have to put it in French, and French is not my first language, and English is not my first first language. So I said, you know, maybe it's it's something easy, maybe something that I've preached in the morning will make it easier. But, yeah, and I was trying to look for kind of an easy way uh, because of language barriers and all these things. But God has put this on my heart. He's just kind of, um, and and I said, what title to give to this? And I said, you know, maybe God is for us. So keep seeking his presence. God is for us. And from what we've read, it's just God will be with us no matter whether, whether it's tribulations or nakedness or anything. God has made a promise that he will be with us and he's for us. And I don't know what you're going through, and I don't know what your week's been, um, but Jesus is with us. And he will, he's like, you know, um, when you do a contract, you know, um, God has signed this contract. He died for us on that cross. And the contract is that whoever who believes in him, he will be with him no matter what. And I don't know, maybe you are going through stuff, um, and you are going through difficulties in life. You just kind of, you know, God he said He is for us, and He's with you, and He's He will never give us give up on us. And that's why I said, you know, God is for us. So keep seeking His face, no matter what. Maybe someone here um, feels that, you know, um, I can't take this anymore. I can't take this. I can't take this anymore because I, I want to see God move. Moved in my life. But there's nothing going on. There's nothing going on because, you know, I can't see it with my physical eyes. But God has said he's for you. And he's for us. And he will always be with us. I remember when the disciple, when, when Jesus um, has been crucified on the cross. And they were hiding. Some of them were trying to go back to where they are used to. They were going far away because they know that this guy who was with us for three years, we know him, he's done great things, he's a great prophet, but I don't know what is going on with us now because, you know, he's dead. And now we need to go somewhere else because go and resume our normalities and do our own stuff. But Jesus, on the way, when they were going back, Jesus walked with them. And that's what I feel with us. Sometimes we just feel, you know, we we want to give up because we've trusted this God. We've trusted Him. But now, because things are not going the way that we, He has promised us. And we we just tend to say, you know, it's good to go back. It's good good to just resume our norms and our normalities and and leave the way that we used to, to live. Because it was better. But Jesus walked with them even though his appearance was was different but he walked with them until they discovered that he's not dead he's alive and that's why you know maybe you feel that just same the same like these two disciples were going on the way of and um, is it Emmaus is it how you pronounce it um, and they were going to uh, to that place not very far from from where they um to Jerusalem, maybe 11 kilometers. I don't know how you would do that in miles. But they were going that way. And Jesus walked with them and said, you know, I'm with you. You know, because he's made a promise that he will be with you no matter what. He'll be with you forever. And that's why um, I'm here today just kind of to encourage you. God is for us. So keep seeking his presence. He will be with you no matter what. Sometimes there's this kind of disparity of what we've um, we've been promised by by the Word of God and what we see every day. And sometimes between these two, I said, you know, know, what is going on, God? What is going on? Where are you? But God is for us. That's why the writer Paul said to the Romans, if God is for us, who is against us? I'll, I'll invite you, brothers and sisters, no matter what you're going through, to serve this God and to seek His presence. And I will try during this, um, you, you, you let me know when I need to, and, and, just, and you, you just kind of, you know, um, let me know. Um, I'll try through the Scriptures to show you that this God means what He says. And we'll try to, to, through the Bible, not through my own um, experience, but I will will try to do that as well. But just to let you know that, you know, God is with us. He's for us. But He's not against us. And He's not against us. In Exodus 33, then the Lord spoke to Moses, Depart, go up from here. You and the people whom you have brought up from the land of Egypt, To the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying to your descendants, I will give it, I will send an angel before you. And I will drive out the Canaanites, um, so if I'm making them, the Amorites, the Hittites, and and the seven nations. and, and, And go up to the land flowing with milk and honey. For I will not go with, I will not go up. In your midst. Because you are an obstinate people. And I might destroy you. On the way. Because they, what happened is. They've been kind of disobeyed God. Throughout. And they've reached a point. God had reached a point. said you know. You know if I walk with you. I will destroy you. Because um, you've been so stubborn. You've been, you've been, you haven't listened to me. All the way. But now if I walk with you, I might destroy you. So I will send an angel instead to accompany you because I love you. That's what God means, meant by this, because I love you. I don't want to destroy you. Yes, I've, I've, call, I've called you out of Egypt, and now you're on the way to the promised land. But I don't want to destroy you. you I've talked to you. I've, I've, I've mentioned stuff to you. But in the end, you are stubborn. You are obstinate. An obstinate nation. In the end, if I carry on like this, I will destroy you. Do you know what Moses said? Moses said to him, and then he said to him, if your presence doesn't go with us, do not lead us from from here. For how then can it be known that I have found favor in your sight and I and your people? Is it not by your going with us? So that we and I and your people may be distinguished from the other people who are upon the face of the earth. Moses said, you know, if you don't go with us, we don't want to move. Don't send your angels. If you don't go with us, because what will distinguish us between us, the Israelites, and and those nations among us, it's your presence when you come, when you go with us because he understands the presence of god he understands that you know I, yes he's with us because he's decided at one point to send an angel instead of him going but keep moses said i want you lord i don't want an angel but we don't we want you to come with us in on this path because it's only you your presence can make a difference between us and these nations that we are about to destroy. And God, Lord God, is with them. And he's been with them. He's been carrying on to be with them. In Exodus um, 33, and um, just before going to this, he said, well, remember what Jesus said to his disciples. He said to them, I am the vine, and you are the branches He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus said, you know, if you abide in me, if you dwell in me, if you remain in me, you will bear fruit. Because without me, you can do nothing. Nothing at all. I'm, I'm inviting you, brothers and sisters, to just kind of, you know, We are on this walk with God. We are walking with God. God wants us to, if we want God to be with us, there's a contract. I always, you know, a contract is is kind of an agreement between two parties. And if one party said, you know, I don't want to, I don't want this anymore, the contract ends. And when we decide not to follow Christ, when we decide to do things on our own terms, try to do things and bear fruit on our own, in other words, we won't be able to bear fruit. Because Jesus said, you know, without me, you can do nothing. God will not give up on us, never. Never, ever. Moses, when he was 120 years, he was about to die, to die. And he said to the people of Israel in Deuteronomy, I don't know how you say that, 31. He said, I am, I am 120 years old today. I am no longer able to come and go. And the Lord has said to me, you shall not cross this Jordan. It is the Lord your God who will cross ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you. And you shall dispossess them. Joshua is the one who will cross ahead of you, just as the Lord has spoken. Be strong and courageous, say to you. Do not be afraid or tremble at them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you. He will not forsake you. Despite the fact that they've been rebellious, they've been kind of obstinate, God said, you know, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. I'll be with you even though you've been, and you've been kind of, you know, this nation that always kind of goes the contrary to what I've ordained, to what I've, I've asked you to do. Even though because I've, he's made a promise to Abraham, Asa and Jacob that he will be with them. And that promise, God is kind of, you know, I, I, will, I will kind of hold firm to, the, to, to, to what I've promised you. It's like a, like a contract. You know, I will, I will stay with you no matter what. And even though they've been really bad during these 40 years, but God said, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. In Hebrews 13, 5, he said, Make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. So that we confidently say, The Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? God has said that I will be with you. Jesus said, I will be with you. I will not forsake you. I will not desert you. They deserted God. Yes. Sometimes that's what we do sometimes when we walk with God. Sometimes we desert Him. But God said, I'll be with you. I'll be with you because, you know, we've, we've sung early on about faithful, the faithful God. I will be with you no matter. Even though you fail me, I will be with you because I love you. I'm not against you, but I'm for you. And I'll be with you no matter. Yes. And sometimes we think that, you know, and in our brain we just think because we can't figure out this great love. And sometimes, we know, we measure um, the love of God by our own standard. That's, that's why we do sometimes. And sometimes we just, oh, because we've done that, maybe God will not be with us. But he's inviting you this morning to just come back. You know, I will be with you. I will never desert you. But I'll be with you. I will not forsake you. Because I love you. And that's why he said, who can separate us from the love of Christ? What can separate us? Yes, God is. And, and in Hebrews 13, 8, he said, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he never Changes. He stays the same. And and, and then last night when I was reading and trying to understand more, it's just kind of Jesus. When you receive Christ the first time, when you first believe, Jesus is the same. When the first day you said, I gave my life, I will give my life to Christ. I will walk with him. Uh, no matter what, I will walk with this God because I've right now realized that, you know, he's the only God. And there's no, no one like him. And I will walk with him on that day. When you said, when you decided to just, I will walk with him. He's the same. We change. Sometimes we change. But he stays the same. Brother and sister, Brother, I just I encourage you today, this morning, Jesus kind of God is for us. He is for you. So keep seeking his presence. Keep seeking his face. Keep on. And don't give up. If you feel that you have come to, to the end of yourself and, and on the verge of giving up. Matthew 12 said, a battered reed he will not break off. A smoldering wick he will not put out until he leads justice to victory. And maybe you you feel that you are weak this morning. Maybe you, you feel that this light in you is kind of, you know, is fading more and more on the verge of being completely out. But Jesus said, I will not. I will not let this happen. I will be with you. When Peter denied Jesus three times, he repented. And when Jesus resurrected, if it was me, I would say, you know, Peter, you fail. Because this is the police attitude. You fail, Peter. People will do that, you fail, you abandon that you give up. Because when we when I was in the anti-ariote unit, if someone gives up on you, everyone will know. And not only that, he's lost your trust forever. And when you are going on mission, you will stop or arrest someone, this guy will always be at the back. This is the mentality of the police force. This is sometimes our mentality. But Jesus promised to Peter, you know, you are Peter. On this walk, I will build my church. And when he repented, he said after that, Peter, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. And when I see that, I said, yes, Lord. Sometimes we, we, we tend to, you know, you know put people who have failed us aside. But Jesus is not like that. He's not like that. You know, um, God gives me sometimes dreams. And I've always, like, since I was young, And God speaks to me uh, through dreams. And one day, in one of my dreams, I was in Africa. There was a witch. He was, she was so powerful. And I have always a friend with me. And we somehow kind of prevent her from performing witchcraft in my dreams. And then I saw an old man. His head seems as if he's been crushed, deformed. That witch went to him and said, you know, forgive me. He said, now, you're not useful to me. And he killed that witch. And sometimes that's what we, we see sometimes with Satan's and his demons. That's what he does. That's his nature. But this is not the nature of Christ. And when he says, you know, how, and if he's with you and he's for you, who shall be against you? And if maybe you, you think that I've failed this God so many times... And, and I don't deserve to be in his presence. I don't deserve to pray him. I don't deserve to come and praise him. He's not like this guy. Because he loves you. And that's what makes the difference between him and Satan and his demons. And this world. Because this world would do the same thing. Because they don't have the spirit of Christ to understand the, the mind of Christ. Whereas we have the mind of Christ. We have his spirit in, in, inside of us. Leading us every day. And that's why I said, you know, don't think along this way. But think that, think, think that God is with you. And he wants the best for you. He wants the best for you. So keep on seeking His face. Keep on trusting this God. He will be with you because He loves you and He cares for you. Amen. Like Toshua said, you know, keep on going, brothers and sisters. Keep on believing this God who loves you and He who loves you and who cares about you. I said, you know, sometimes when I, when, I, when I read, and I said, you know, why, Lord? Why not you will not give us on us? Why not you will not abandon us? Verse 32 of Romans 8 said, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? He did not spare his own son. The Bible says, John 16, 16 said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge you, to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He hasn't come to judge you. And most of the time, you know, it's us judging us because we can't understand. We can't, we can't comprehend this love of God. Because if we measure our love and, and His love, there's a massive difference. He wants the best for you, brothers and sisters. He gave His best. The Father gave His best. He didn't send an angel to die on the cross. He sent his most beloved son, his son, one and only for us. He sent his beautiful son for us. How will he not with him freely give us all things? He's kind of made an investment on you. He has put his best. He hasn't given his kind of, you know, the, the thing that, you know, you always keep your best. And, and if you are investing, you keep, you know, you, you diversify. You, you make your investment everywhere. You don't put your egg, all your eggs in one basket, but you diversify. You put things everywhere. But he put all and everything for you. He didn't diversify. He didn't put his investment one there and one there, but he could give his best, he gave his best, Jesus Christ. And Jesus didn't come here to, to judge you, but to love you, to the point of dying on the cross for us. Romans 5 said, for while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Romans 5, chapter 6. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. While we were foreigners, strangers, alien, we were far away from him. He had his eyes upon you. While we were living in sin, we were living in all kinds of things in this of this world. He had his eyes upon you. Because he loves you. Because he loves you. And that's why sometimes we, we just say, you know, we don't understand this love. Sometimes I don't understand. I said, How Lord God? Why? But what that's what he did for us. He didn't spare his only son. But he allowed, allowed him to be crucified by sinners. He allowed him to be pierced by sinners. He allowed him to be mocked by sinners. He allowed him to be battered, whipped, slandered. Just because of you. That's why I said again, God is for us, so keep seeking His presence because He loves you, and He cares about you. So how will He not also with Him, freely give us all things? How will he not give us all things through him? When I was doing this, I said, you know, maybe I will read through Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. He said, he is the image of, talking about Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things has been created through him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church, and He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he, he Himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father Father's good pleasure for all, the fullness to dwell in Him. And though He And through him to reconcile all things to himself. Having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him I say were the things on earth and things in heaven. We have all things. All things have been created by him and through him. Visible and invisible. All the things that we see, the stars and the galaxies and all all the things that we can see, the earth and the moon. And all the things that we can see with our eyes have have been created by him, Jesus. And even the things that we can't see, all things in heaven has been created by him and exists through him. And that's why, Lord, I, and brothers and sisters, I invite you to just give yourself to this God. And Colossians 3 said, Therefore, if you have been raised with, up with Christ, keep seeking the things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things on this earth, that are on this earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Yes. Yes. Keep seeking him. Don't look what is going on in this world. Sometimes, you know, um, lately I've been to so many interviews, and I've been saying, I said, God, what is going on? And some of them I said, I've got this got this and later they will say you know um, you're not the right person for this job because you know um, and things and and so on and so on and I said God I thought I found the best thing for this and sometimes what happened he said you know is God for us is he really with us And sometimes, you know, through various kind of trials and tribulations in our life, he said, you know, Eve, are you with us, God? All the things that's happening, are you really for us? Are you with us, God? Because what I'm seeing is not what is kind of reflecting in your words. That's not your words. And sometimes, you know, what we do, we just tend, you know, I will stop, God. I will will walk with you. That's what I said once. I will kind of take a remote place, I will just be low profile, I will not do anything because I know that you are the true, the one and true God, there's none like you, but I will just keep, Lord, Lord God, I will follow you, but I will remotely, I will kind of have a low profile, I will not serve you, I will not, because I'm tired, and sometimes that's what happens, it's because I'm tired, Lord God, I don't want to go, I don't want to go any further because I'm, 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 I'm done here. But God wants us to. And when we read this scripture, when we read the word, we say this is God is with us. And look at what he's done for us. And ready to do again and again for us. How can we give up? How can we abandon this God? Seek him. How many I've got left? Pete? Yeah. <laughs> huh? Normally, okay, and and you know, um, try to be selective now, um, um, <laughs> and and um, yeah, and my point is that you know, we know that God is in in His church. We know that while we are talking right now, he's in our midst. And that, you know, it, and it, it doesn't matter whether it's two, three, or thousands. He's with us. And he will be with us all the time. And he's made this promise that he will be with us no matter what. And that's why, you know, sometimes when, I, when Jesus died on that cross... And when that curtain that was built by Herod, an evil man. And when he died, the curtain was torn apart. Which means that God was still there. Even though, when I said, you know, the first temple has been destroyed and the second one and the third one was built by this man. But God made a promise that he'll be with them. And when God breathed his last breath, the curtain was torn apart. And we as well, we said, you know, God has made a promise that he will be with us. And I believe that no matter what is going on, Jesus is in our midst. One day, there will be an end to all this. But he's still with us. And he'll be with us. Hebrews 10 and 24 said, And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and and good deeds, not forsaking our assembly, our assembling together, as is the habit of those of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more you see the day drawing near. The day is drawing near. I believe that God is coming, and that's what his word says. Jesus is coming to, for his church. He's coming for us. And that's why I said he's in our midst, and that's why he's talking with us this morning. Because he loves us, and he wants to encourage us to just go and carry on in worshiping him and, and be with him. But I've seen, you know, I, I, was, I was reading about a, a, a survey done in America, in the States... Um, according to Pew Research Center survey um, in 2018, they, they did a survey among Christians and because of the attendance, they don't go to church, and many cited practical or personal reasons rather than lack of belief for staying home. Among self-identified Christians, the, the predominant reason that non-churchgoers offer for not attending worship services is that they practice their faith in other ways. This is one of the because they practice their faith. It's, I don't have any more explanation on that one. The next most common one reason, um, common reason, evangelicals, evangelicals gives and key for not attending services is that they haven't found a church or a house of worship they like. One in five evangelicals says that they dislike the sermons, and a little more than one in ten says that they do not feel welcome at religious services. About one in four cites logistical reasons for not going to religious services, such as not having time all being in poor health. If we compare like with light, maybe we can identify with this. But I've been to countries like Central African Republic. I've preached because my work allows me to do that. I can go and, and, and then a church pastor will come and say, you know, can you come and preach in our church? So because it's in French, it's easier, so I can go and preach. And and. But I've, I've seen the poverty. It's so poor. It's very poor. But the attendance is amazing. And I said, You know, I don't, I just said, I, And when you compare like with like, he said, What is going on, Lord? And I've read about um, China, I've read about other countries where they are forbidden to go to church or forced or controlled. The attendance is high. But the Hebrew says, you know, um, as is the habit of some, not forsaking our own assembling together; as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, one another, or one another, and all the more you see the day that is showing. And I've I've seen that and I said, you know, what is going on, Lord? These people are very poor, and they had all the reasons not to go to church. Every reason. When I see that, I said, you know, some... When I remember once, once we were traveling in the car and it's always controlled and it's always, and it's always mm, armies patrolling, particularly in the city of Bengi and the capital. And you, I, I could see an old woman around 9 o'clock or maybe 8 to 9 o'clock. She had mangoes all on the... On, on, and she's waiting for a client to come. And, and I said, you know, why? And they said, you know, if she... She might, if she don't get any money today, she might, you know, she needs money to feed the family. I've seen young girls, and that is really sad. And one of the pharmacists told me that, you know, they don't have money. And they will ask their young daughters to go and prostitute themselves to get the money. And I said, you know, they have all the reasons not to go to church. But still, the attendance and, and the joy. And, and you could see people dancing. And I said, you know, what is going on, Lord? Because at one point, they know that this God is for them. It's not against him. It's not the, it's not against, he's not against them. He loves them. And even though they don't have enough, they, they don't have anything. They they chose to they are choosing right now to worship him and, and they found in him the only way for them and there's no alternatives there's no he's the only way and they serve him with all their hearts and, and they will dance and they will give the, and they will give their money and they will do all these things and I say God what is going on and I encourage you brothers and sisters to just worship this God seek His face. Some, even now, um, in this country, they say that they don't believe in church. There's no reason for them to attend church. But I'll give a testimony just before I end. So many times when I said, I won't go to church because of trials and tribulations. I said, God, I'm tired now. I won't go to church today. I remember um, what um, I was thinking in church I didn't want to worship didn't want to praise God didn't want to do anything I said you know I will do like you know I will just cruise here I will just stay where I am and I was asking questions I said God what happened in my work work is it my fault why is this happening why is this happening is it my fault Lord and I remember a guy I've never shared my testimony to him. He came forward and prophesied and said, you know, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. And I said, what? And I said, that's why God is in his church. He's talking with us. And sometimes we say, if we don't go to church, how will he know? How will we know that, you know, God is with us? God is with us, and I remember, you know, one Corinthians. Just to finish, he says, "So the tongues are for a sign to those who believe, but then, but to the unbelievers. But prophecy is for, is for a sign, not to unbelievers, but to those who believe. Therefore, if the whole church assemble together, and all speaks in tongues, and ungifted men and all unbelievers enter, will they not say, that you are mad?" But if all prophesy and, and an unbeliever or an ungifted man enters, he's convicted by all, he's called to account by all, the secrets of his heart are disclo- disclosed, and so he will fall on his face and worship God, declaring that God is certainly among you. And that's why you say sometimes but the most when we don't want to go to church, And he said, you know, I'm tired, and I'll try to resolve this situation on my own. Forgetting what Jesus said earlier, without me, you can do nothing. We try to fix our stuff. We can lack, we can miss out on the voice of God when God is speaking. So God is with us. He's for us. So keep seeking his presence. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord God. Shall we pray or